0: This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women.
1: We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of
0: us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're
1: so glad you've joined us today. Hi, welcome to the Mark Podcast.
0: We're so glad you're joining us today. And we have a bit of podcast news. We have a new co-host that has been on our podcast before. So you may recognize her voice. um, Introducing Kelly King.
1: Hey, everyone. It's good to be with you. Although we're a little sad Mary Margaret's gone. We're still grieving a little bit. Yes. Yeah, we
0: are. But we're so glad to have Kelly with us. Kelly, just tell us a little bit about what you do. So to remind everybody who you are here at LifeWay.
1: Sure. I've been at LifeWay about three years now. And I am the manager of adult ministry, magazines, devotionals, and also women's ministry training. So it's a fun job, and we get to do a lot of different things with Lifeway Women. And
0: you stay very busy.
1: We we all do. Everyone <laughs> yes. at
0: Lifeway is pretty busy. <laughs> yes. But well, we're so glad to have you on the podcast as our co-host and you'll still hear Mary Margaret from time to time because we recorded a bunch of stuff before she left. So, you may hear her voice in here, but we wanted to introduce Kelly cuz she'll be on the podcast with me today as we interview Sarah May. <laughs> This is Elizabeth, and we are here. I'm here with Kelly. Hey, everybody. And we're here for the Mark podcast. We're so excited today to talk with Sarah May. I know. Let's do it. Sarah, tell us about yourself. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well... Uh, I'm uh, an author yeah. and a blogger and a mom of three. I've been married for sixteen years. I have two dogs because apparently I like chaos. <laughs> and I'm a youth group leader. So I love it. That is like the real quick snapshot.
1: Yes. So is there a certain age in the youth area that you like to hang out with or that yeah, you really have?
2: I know you're into this. so. I am. <laughs> I know. So my I've been with the girls since sixth grade and they're going into ninth. So my plan is to stay with them until they graduate.
1: I love that. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would like this past year I did eighth grade girls and I was really nervous because I always thought high school was more my thing. And I just fell in love with them. And then they moved me to 11th and 12th. And I wish I could have stayed with them. I wish I could do what you're doing. So well, our church you.
2: does that. And I love that. Like the ideal it's nope, they don't make anybody because they are all volunteers, of course. But the ideal is that you would stay with them all the way through starting in seventh. And I love that because the idea is, you know, developing relationship and sticking with them and. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's a great plan, I feel like, because then you can for sure dig in deep and really yep. get to know those girls. Mm-hmm. So you told us a little bit about yourself and your family, but we know that a little bit about your story just from getting to know you when you come in for writers conferences and things like that. So we would love if you would just kind of tell a little bit of your story of how you came to know Christ, because sure. we think it's a, it's a different story from some people, but also we'll hear echoes of each of our stories in it. So we would love to hear from you about that.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's, it's really cool because, um, I don't have a date that I became a Christian, Mm -hmm. but the Lord just wooed me and he, I'll give you a couple snapshots of how he did that. And then sort of the big, like, Oh, reveal. (laughs) Um, so when I was a little girl, I always sort of believed in God. I just didn't know who, you know, he was or anything like that. And when I was around nine years old, my sister, we have different dads, um, was kidnapped by her dad when my mom dropped her off for a visitation and he never brought her back. And so I prayed every night to this God I did not know that we would find my sister. And after about six months, she was found. And that just cemented in my little girl heart that there was a God and he heard me. So I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know any of those things, but I believed in a God. Fast forward to I'm 14. I'm living with my alcoholic mother, Life is pretty tumultuous. And somebody gives me a Christian cassette tape of um, contemporary Christian music, which I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah, and, and I'm listening to it. And I just cried out to the Lord. Again, a God I didn't know, but a God I believed in. I don't know what he's singing about, but I want it.
1: Mm-hmm. I want
2: whatever this man is singing about. And then um, I got involved in... Young life in high school, and through young life, I began to finally hear about this man, God, Jesus, and I'm like, "Who is this?" And I start, I I get a New Testament, I start reading it, and I can understand it, and I know. You know, looking back, I'm like, um, God is just wooing, you know, had just wooed me. There's a quote by Sarah Groves, and she says, I don't claim to have found the truth. The truth has found me. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's what the Lord did. And then I would say my faith was really cemented. I mean, I was totally a Jesus girl at this point. Like, I'm reading the Bible, I'm understanding it, I want to follow Jesus. But my heart really, um, Just became all his. My freshman year of college, I was involved in the Navigators ministry.
1: Oh, such a great ministry. I
2: love the Navigators. And there, we went to a retreat, and there was a speaker, and he said, if Jesus walked in the room right now, what would you do? And I was like, well, I would hide. He wouldn't want to see me because I knew I was bad. I carried so much shame. There were so many pieces of my story. Um. I'd had an abortion, I'd been having sex, like all kinds of things, and, and then I learned that night that Jesus knew everything I had done, everything I was doing, and everything I was going to do, and he loved me anyway, and this is why he died for me. He died for my sins, past, present, and future. And It changed everything for me, and from then on, um, I was his forever. So that is, so there wasn't a date for that. Like, I, I don't know when, you know, it wasn't like I asked Jesus in my heart. I mean, I, I did it various times, I'm sure, but uh, he just wooed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I That's such
1: it. a great story of just mm-hmm. God pursuing us right? and yes, having absolutely. that plan for us, even when we don't know ourselves, you know, maybe what that looks like and, mm-hmm. and just, and probably there were some people that were really intentional in your life during yeah. that time as well, which yes. I think when we think about college and Mm-hmm. Um, that's a such a just a critical time yeah. in someone's life, and a faith. Yeah. You know, you can be in a faith crisis in so many ways. Right. We were just talking about this at my church
0: last night. My church has, is going through um, just basic doctrine in a in an institute class, and we were talking about the doctrine of justification and and grace. And the like each week, there's a ca- a case study, and the case study was very similar to your stu- your story. It was someone is wanting to become a Christian or wanting to, you know, have salvation, but they think they're not good enough for it. And so they're scared. Like you said, you would have gone and hide. And so we were just talking through like how using scripture, how would you approach that? And we all just kind of across the board. We're like Romans five, eight, where it says, yeah. but while we are still sinners, Christ died yes. for us. And just talking about how grace, it seems like we should be able to do something. It seems like we should, because we're, it's, Maybe a very Western concept, even like we have to be able to do something in order to become saved. And and grace is so beautiful because, like you said, Jesus woos us and he's he knows all the things that we've done. And yet he is still he still died to save us. And so.
2: Yeah. And all we have to do is bend a knee. I right. Mean, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You just surrender. Um and that's the incredible thing. And, and so all those years that I didn't know him, he knew me and he was in the pit with me. I mean, he was in the dark with me. I was just reading in First Peter today about how we come out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And that word marvelous is this idea of being so awe-inspired that you are so impacted in your deepest emotions. Um, it's just like this wild wonder. Okay. And that's exactly what his light is, his marvelous light, when you finally decide to bend a knee and say, okay, Jesus, I'm coming out of the pit with you.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think about just the whole imagery of light and that we, I mean, we see that throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's really you coming into that marvelous light is what's an incredible story, which kind of leads us to talking about You know, you've got a new book and Mm -hmm. you've got this new Bible study. And so we want to kind of hear like a little bit about that, because I feel like the book really is a lot of your story. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe tell us a little bit about the difference between, you know, the Bible study and the book and and how God's just really used that. Sure. So. I'm really excited because the book
2: is the story of how I learned to love and forgive my alcoholic mother. And so it's this narrative. It's really written like a fiction because I took myself back to age 14 when the story really begins when I move in with my alcoholic mother. Um, And it's written a way that anybody can insert themselves in the story and find themselves as one of the characters in the story, even though it's true. Um, and so, so the book plays out like how how do you learn to forgive when your wounds are open when somebody's not remorseful? Does God still answer impossible prayers? I mean, anybody who has struggled with a tangled up relationship um, will find the book helpful. So the difference with the book um, and the Bible study is that the Bible study is goes in depth into. Does God hear our cries? What does he do with them? Does he even care? What happens when our prayers aren't answered? How we'd like to see them answered. And so the book you could give to anybody. It's a story. You can give it to your hairdresser who's not a believer, who's tender to the Lord. You can give it to the teenager down the street who's struggling um, in a family who neglects her. Um, It's for anybody can read it. The study is for the Christian who reads the book and goes, I want to go deeper into these concepts of, Forgiveness and the hardness of life and pain, and you know, all of these things. So, that's the main difference. You don't need one to have the other, which I really wanted. Um, yeah. but it, but there's crossover, there's themes that are similar.
0: I love that. And just to, real quick, because I don't know if we stated the title, I was of thinking the same thing. Sure. Oh my gosh, yes, so of course. The book Sorry. is called The Complicated Heart, and then the Bible study is Psalm 40. And the subtitle of the Bible study is crying out to the God who delights to rescue us, which is yes, just such a part of your story, which I love that. Right, I love that together. And the Bible study really does go through all of Psalm 40, um, yep. which is a beautiful psalm. And you, you're you probably familiar with part of it, even if you don't know right. the address, as I That's like to true. say. So it's the he has, ta- he has taken me out of a pit and put my feet upon a rock. Um, and so I love I love that psalm. And it's when I go back. To over and over again. And Mm -hmm. so I think this is such a great study. But how has that psalm been special to you in your life and in your story?
2: Mm -hmm. I feel like the the psalm 41 through 3 is sort of the overview of the whole psalm.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And that and I'm going to read it in a minute or I'll tell you in a minute, but verses one through three, I feel like it's the story. It's the gospel rhythm. It's what God does in all of our lives. And so if I may, um, it's, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And I love that because Mm -hmm. that is the rhythm of redemption. It is, we cry out, God inclines to us. We can't reach him. We cannot ascend to him. He descends to us and he pulls us out of our pit, gives us a firm foundation, which is Jesus gives us a new song to sing. And then other people hear our story and the hope is that they will then put their trust in the Lord. And we do this over and over, generation after generation. And so I this is what he did for me. And this is what he does for all of us. And so I love it. That's it's my life. It's I mean, redemption. <laughs> I
0: just want to like amen those verses again and again. <laughs> yeah, right? they're
1: so- I don't know if you've ever done this, Sarah, but one of the things that I a few years ago I really started the practice of praying through the Psalms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're right. Just those kind of gospel rhythms of how how we go to the Lord. Um, it just is such a good reminder when I just stop and I take a verse at a time and I just turn that into that prayer, mm-hmm. and and just it becomes a praise. Yeah. Um, and yes. so I feel like your life. Like it, it is a reflection of kind of the redemption of your story.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And and let's talk about that for a moment because you, you kind of alluded to, you know, when we talk about a complicated heart and mm-hmm. the relationship with your mom and like we have a lot of listeners that, you know, Elizabeth and I were talking yesterday that there can there can be a lot of people who have these kind of mom struggles or issues and. Um, so I think people can really relate to your story, even if the circumstances may be different, but talk about how the Lord just kind of brought you through that. It's it's a really unique and special story. Mm
2: -hmm. It is. And I, so how the Lord brought me through it. Well, I would say first he, what I said at the beginning, he was wooing me. So essentially I lived in a situation with my mother that was very, very toxic. She was very manipulative, verbally and emotionally abusive. And, um, I was very insecure and very confused by the whole thing, and I was very, very angry. And I can remember one time telling my mom, in my teenage desperation, you know, like I'm going to kill myself, and um, and she said, "Go ahead, I dare you." And that was sort of what it was like to live with my mother. And for those listening who are in a relationship that's very confusing, it doesn't have to be as in depth, you know, as mine or you know, whatever abusive stuff. It could just be tangled up stuff. But one of the words I learned this year, which was really helpful in understanding the relationship is gaslighting. And this is when somebody basically makes you question, by psychological means, makes you question your own sanity. And that often happens through, you know, manipulation and sarcasm and abuse and turning things around on you, saying things like you're too sensitive, it's no big deal, all of those things. And so I was really turned upside down. And we don't have time to talk about the whole thing, but of course the whole story is in the book, but God really pulled me through because after he saved me, he wanted me to stay in relationship with her. (laughs) He wanted me to love and forgive her. And I, I couldn't have done that without him. I could not have loved her without him. And so he taught me through, um, through boundaries, through mourning the loss of having not having a mother, um, through dealing with my own core lies and replacing them with the truth. I mean, these are things that are all fleshed out. And if we had more time, I would go through each of them. Um, but he really pulled me through in his kindness and his gentleness by bringing people into my life to show me and to lead me and to guide me because he doesn't just say i want you to forgive and love her and then like releases you on your own it's like this is what i want you to do and now i'm going to show you how to do it and you're not ever going to be alone in it and you need to trust me in it because there's a bigger picture
0: i love that and i love I love the terminology you use about tangled relationships Mm. because I I feel like that's such a great visual for every relationship we have with other human beings. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're always tangled up. Um, But yeah, like God just was with you the whole time. And I think that's something that we tend to forget when we're in these tangled relationships and we're trying to forgive and we're trying to do what the Bible tells us to do and, and love other people like we do ourselves and put them above us and all of these all those verses that are like the do unto others. And mm-hmm. um I think those are really hard to do and we can't do it alone. And so I love the image of God walking alongside us while we're while we're trying to untangle these relationships
2: and he's the master weaver like he wove us together right so he's the only one who really knows how to untangle all of these knots not only in our own hearts but in relationship with others
1: yeah and it really took some courage from you in the midst of you know that difficult circumstance to stay in relationship Mm -hmm. with your mom because I feel like sometimes we feel like maybe we just need to back away from that right and or maybe we need to to cut off a relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, talk about that forgiveness. I yes. think that's mm-hmm. such an issue that we all have to like on different levels. Yeah. We have to face that every single day. Mm-hmm.
2: And sometimes there is, there are times when We don't stay in a relationship because it is dangerous or foolish or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But that's where you have to be before the Lord. And you need to say, God, what do you want me to do here? But with forgiveness with my mom, I'll just tell you a really key thing. And this may help some people listening, is that the way that I could really – forgive her and continue to love her and stay in relationship, a big thing was learning how to mourn the loss of who she was. So I went Mm -hmm. to a counselor, I was all ragey and angry, but underneath all that anger, I was just very, very, very sad. I wanted a mother and I didn't have one. And we talk often about father wounds, but we don't hear a lot of people talk about mother wounds and it's, it's really difficult. And so I wanted my counselor to say like, it's going to be okay. Like she'll mother you or whatever. And she said, you need to mourn the loss of your mother as though she died. Mm. Because, because mourning or grieving is the process of facing reality and letting go of expectations. And the reality is you do not have a mother right now. So we don't mourn what God may yet restore. So we don't mourn the future because that's where hope sits. But we we can mourn the, re, the reality of whatever our current state is. And the reality was I did not have a mother. And in order to mourn that, you, you grieve it how you may grieve any death. It's very sad. It takes time. Everybody grieves differently. But what it allowed me to do then was let go of the expectation that she would be a mother to me. And how that allows you to love somebody is that when you release them from what they should have been, and you forgive them for not being what they should have been, then you can see them as a human made in the image of God, that God is just calling you to love. And how you love them will look different depending on circumstance, uh, geography, like Mm -hmm. what God is telling you to do. But you will be able to love them because you will not be expecting
0: anything from them. I love that definition of mourning and grieving because i think that applies to all of us because we all have unmet expectations no yes. matter what it is and and it could be something with a relationship but it could be something else entirely yes. and to say yes we grieve what our expectations that they didn't turn out the way that they wanted but we don't grieve the future like i love that thought that mm-hmm. there is that that hope and that is what separates us as believers from the rest of the world is we do have that hope of restoration and redemption. Um, and so I love that definition. I'm going to have to start. I, ne- I need yeah. to write it down. And,
1: well, and and it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And that we can leave women with hope. Right. And encourage That's them right. that mm-hmm. we serve a God who is a God of hope. Yes.
2: and And it's a living hope. Yeah. Meaning, it's breathing, it's active, it's working. It's not just sitting there like, oh, hope, bloody, daddy, duh. Like, God right. is actively working. It is a living hope that we are born into.
0: Yes, I love that. So, Sarah, it's now time. We're going to ask you the question that we ask everybody. Um, mm-hmm. It is what has marked you for Jesus? And you may have already covered a little bit of this, but. We just mm-hmm. kind of wa- we always want to ask that question and our answers really run the gamut. And it's so interesting to see what has marked different people for Jesus mm-hmm. in their life.
2: Sure. Well, I would say a big mark for me was the navigators. Mm. That was extremely significant for me. Having wise, godly, uh, kind mentors who knew the word well to take me under their wing and train me in the scriptures to guide me, to teach me. In fact, one of my navigator mentors taught me how to deal with my core lies, like how Mm. to recognize them and then replace them with the truth. And so the
0: navigators was one of the most significant marks on my life for Jesus. I love that. It is interesting to me how many people say basically, in some some form or another, someone who discipled me,
1: absolutely. I mean that
0: is the answer to so many questions. and and I think a lot of times we want to make it this formal thing and and it's just as simple as like you said, just showed you how to read scripture and showed you how to identify the lies and replace them with truth. And that's something mm-hmm. that, I mean, is for sure easier said than done, but definitely something that we, as believers can give to to those who are younger in the faith than us. and um, yeah. and so. That's
1: yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that, Kelly? About No, I, okay. I think I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing, because what I know and what I've seen with the Navigators, mm-hmm. it is it's is just really that daily discipleship of yeah. getting in God's word and seeing it transform your life and your mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that is where we yeah. land a lot of times. Um, and it, it's just it's good to see how God does it in different ways. Yes, for sure. Yes. And through different mm-hmm. avenues and different and different types of people. Well,
0: Sarah, thank you so much for talking with us today. If y'all want to know the rest of the story, and I'm sure you do, I because know, there's, and, there's a lot more because I'm sitting here going, Gosh, we don't even so have time to more ask her about yes. other things. We could go on so many different paths yes, down this conversation. And so um we wanna point you toward her book and her Bible study. It's the complicated heart is the book and Psalm forty is the Bible study, and we'll have links in the show notes to those. And I know you're gonna want to hear the rest of the story from Sarah, so so pick one of those up um and Either do the Bible study or read the book or do both. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women.
0: All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com podcast.
1: If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.